0: On this episode of the Aka Education Podcast, Justin catches up with Chris Rossi, founder of the vocal group Revoiced. Chris talks his career beginnings, the ups and downs of being a performer, and how he has built a foundation for Revoiced during the pandemic. Let's get ready. It's time for some Aka Education.
1: It's the Education.
0: To a ring Whoa, 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 whoa Do, Arca Education Podcast Arca Education Podcast Arca Education Podcast,
1: education podcast. With, With who? With Justin Glodish Hey, everybody. It's Justin Glodish. Welcome to episode 27 of the Aka Education Podcast. This week, I have a very good friend of mine joining us. He is the current singer, owner, and founder of Revoiced. That's musicrevoice.com. And his name is Chris Rossi. Chris, buddy, thank you for joining me on the podcast this week. Thank
0: you so much for having me, man. That That was super professional. I really... I, I do, really appreciate it. I you. do what I can. You, I'm learning. Every week, I'm you, learning, you, man. You promised not to make me sound like a goober, and you delivered. I'm really uh, I'm you're, proud of you're you. You're
1: welcome. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, that's a gold <laughs> star right there. <laughs> so um, if you're not familiar with Chris, Chris, you know, um, Smithtown-born Long Island, uh, performed in Rockapella. He's he's performed with Rockapella. He's performed with The Cats Pajamas in Branson, Missouri. The Cats Meow. He uh, again, like I said, he currently works with Revoiced. He was a member of Ithacapella. For those of you who know who Ithacapella is, um, Chris. I mean, your career has just like taken you all over. Um, but where did you truly get your start in acapella?
0: Oh, that's a great question. I I think for me, I got my true first start in acapella like my first like you know stepping my foot in the water was actually back in middle school um when i got Mm. to sixth grade i i was fortunate enough i had a a choir teacher the same the same choir teacher from sixth grade all the way through 12th grade and so Mm. even when i switched buildings she just happened to Move up in her job at the same time, and she was a great teacher. Actually, from Potsdam as well, she was a Potsdam graduate. Um, oh, nice! And she delivered like she she had us do all sorts of beautiful choir like acapella music, and that was my first like dose of just singing and and the, you know letting the human voice do what it does so beautifully and so naturally. And um, from there, it just it just expanded as I grew older, and we were diving into different types of choral arrangements you know from moses hogan to eric Whitaker and all this other these cool arrangements um what were they uh, earth songs i think they were called where we mm-hmm. would we would have to do like the sounds of rain by like tapping our fingernails against our teeth and stuff and all this cool like body percussion stuff it was really great but then as some of my fellow choir members who were older than me they went uh, they kind of dispersed and went away to college that's when I found out they continued to sing but in college they were doing not their traditional choirs but like collegiate a cappella groups and that's Mm -hmm. that's truly where I don't know my world just exploded Uh, exploded I remember a friend of mine Anthony he went to University of Rochester and joined this group the Rochester Midnight Ramblers and I was infatuated with them and then another friend of mine he was like, Yeah, college acapella is awesome. He's like, It's it's a cool thing. He's like, But you got to check out professional acapella. And I was like, What does that mean? <laughs> and then he <laughs> reintroduced me uh, to rockapella And I didn't, but, right. and so I, when I say reintroduced, because it just didn't click, you know, the TV show that I watched back in the day, Where in the World is Carmen San Diego? These guys were doing everything just with their voices. But once I like, that was like put in my mind later on when I was older. I just, I, I was blown away and Rockapella after that was my like quest. They were, Mm -hmm. they were like my Beatles. I love (laughs) Rockapella so, so much. Uh, Everything about them. I mean, their covers of songs, but Scott Leonard's originals and his arrangements and then uh, Jeff's amazing beatboxing still to this day. I think he's like one of the most unmatched, uh, and you know, I just, they just don't, I don't think they get the credit that they deserve because they really just paved the way for so many, so many groups and they're still awesome. So yeah, yeah, I'd say that was my first, yeah. First dive into acapella.
1: I agree. And I mean, you know, rock not for nothing. I mean, I watched the show too. And like you said, Scott's arrangements. I mean, there's like, just, you know, like even like here comes the sun smiling, there's like so many, like even the originals, it's just great to hear. And, you know, even with that group, as as the evolution of that group happened, I know that like Jeff had arranged music for the group. And then, you know, George, when he was there, arranged music. And then, I mean, I loved Barry. I thought Barry was like awesome. Barry Carl, just the bass oh, that came out of him. Yeah. And then like seeing him, yeah. sing, seeing him sing and perform like you're a mean one, uh-huh. Mr. Grinch, it's just killer. And uh, with Jeff, I mean, you and I ended up like, meeting him at like uh, a Casa sponsored was a East coast acapella yeah, summit. Yeah. Um, back when they had those. And now all of a sudden it's like, he's not only, um, you know, one of our idols growing up, but now he's like a friend and colleague, which is really cool. So I think that was one of the cool things that I, um, that I got out of, you know, meeting him and, and meeting you and, and stuff. So, um, who were some other groups that you like really gravitated? You said the, the, um, Rockapella was your Beatles. They, they so, were, yeah. you know, who else um, did you kind of look up to? Did you, did you kind of like dive into more like vocal heavy um, groups yeah, sure um, as did. opposed to maybe like the norm? So uh, yeah. who were some of those other well, groups? I sure
0: did. I got, um, so no matter, no matter who I dove into, I always came back to Rockapella at the end of the day. I just loved everything they did, but in my never ending quest for, you know, to quench that acapella thirst, uh take six was uh lloyd you remember lloyd you know lloyd lloyd Bugger, yeah Yeah. he he introduced me to take six and i fell in love with take six because they are just unbelievable singers i mean the grammy awards they have the nominations they have they're just legit but then Um, i fell in mm -hmm. love too with like a completely different style of acapella but it's um like the king singers from you know the uk and they were i remember they came to ithaca uh where i went to school and i um i really wanted to see their show but i had i had i went to school for business and i had to go i had this project that i was working on i didn't get to see them and i was so disappointed and everybody else in the college group like oh they're rubbing in my face like you missed out these guys were in like ford hall and they didn't have any microphones and they were just like they they were there. this these six guys their voices just filled the whole room but they weren't screaming or anything it was just like good proper singing uh and i was i was so bummed but i loved the king singers um who else man i but then i also kind of slowly gravitated towards not just strictly vocal groups but rock groups and 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 groups from yesterday that are vocal heavy like i fell in love with motown music so just Mm -hmm. the temptations alone and and smoky robinson everything that he had his hands in was just amazing um you know diana ross the supremes um but i loved uh i mean getting into some stevie wonder but then i really fell in love with like crosby stills and nash and a lot of james taylor's stuff because he did a lot of his own vocal harmonies the beach boys oh my god the beach boys mm-hmm. uh yeah. and then there's a group uh that I learned about from listening to Rockapella because Scott has done a few of his few of their arrangements uh the Mills Brothers this group from the 30s mm-hmm. and 40s that are just oh man even today like listening to their stuff like around the holidays they're like one of my go-to holiday albums the Mills Brothers Christmas and it's just so beautiful to listen to and yeah so I dove into a whole new world of just vocal music but not just uh, yeah not just acapella but vocal heavy, like rock and pop and R and B and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. You know, and I think it develops, develops the ear and really makes you attuned to like the different styles that are used. And I know that you've arranged your own music over the, you know, the course of your career. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that has a specific say in it. You know, you develop kind of like a sound um, based on like the different styles that you hear, or how can you morph, those influences into your own personal style and your own personal brand, you know, and, and going back to Rocapella for a second, I mean, you ended up performing with them, you know, you, who you idolized. And uh, so I, what was that experience like finally getting to be on stage with Rockapella? Oh, man, that
0: was, that was stupid. I, I like, <laughs> I was so blown away. So what happened was I, Jeff, who, who's our good, you know, good friend and Jeff kind of like, I owe a lot of what I do, today and things that I've experienced to Jeff. He, he really, he was not only a good friend, but he was a mentor. He was such a good role model. Um, for yeah. me personally, uh, he, he helped me purchase my first, um, uh, uh recording like setup to help me get started and t- taught me how to use like pro tools and all this other stuff and always giving feedback. And it was just a very collaborative experience and so when Roccapello had auditions for a new member he told me about it he was like look and he promised me straight up he was like look i you know i don't want to get your hopes up but you're probably not going to get the position he's like but i do want you to audition just for the experience he's like i think it would be good for you and i was like you know what i was nervous but i i was like okay yeah so i did it um i made it to uh, the runner up for the spot, which I was like blown away by. And they ended up hiring me for a few years as just a, an alternate, like a substitute. So every once in a while I had to swing in and fill in for uh, who was the regular member at that time, Steve, he was his name. And um, so I did, I think around like maybe not too many shows, maybe like 12, 12 ish 15 around there uh, some of their Motown show, and then a lot of their holiday show, which was so hard. But I'll tell you, the first time I performed with them, like being on stage and looking to my looking to my left and seeing George Baldy, this guy that mm-hmm. I like idolized in high school, like wishing I could have such a low, like sexy voice. Um, not only that, but he's such an amazing performer as well. And then seeing Scott, who just like you know, sings unbelievably high and just is this musical, like, beast of a mind. And then looking around and seeing Jeff, my buddy, like, just drumming his face off, doing what he does so naturally that people idolize. And, like, I learned how to beatbox because listening to this guy and then also singing with uh, the other guy at the time was John, uh, John Brown. And mm-hmm. it was just, like, those guys were pro, man. It was unbelievable. So the sound check was nerve-wracking because they were just like going through the motions saving their voices but I didn't it made me like second guess what I had like prepared but come showtime like curtain went up and these guys like were pro and flipped the switch and it was like we just started singing and I felt like I had been singing with them for years and it was just it was magical I'll never forget I'll never forget that day uh and just sharing the stage with Jeff is always, ah, that was so much fun. So much fun, man. Awesome.
1: And, you know, and now you've, you've basically taken all of that from that mentorship that you got from, from Jeff, from Rockapella, and you now are a part of Revoiced. I mean, you had some pit stops along the way, you know, uh, in Branson, I believe, uh, Cruise lines yeah, yeah. and whatnot, and um, so you know. But now you have this group revoiced, which um, recognizing some of the members. I mean, you got a couple of former uh, Ithacapella guys in yeah. there. Um, so you just introduced Connor into the group, Connor Smith. Um, you know, great voice by the yeah. way. Um, and I love the sound that you've all developed. You know, and. I wanted to, before we get into that. I want to talk about the chance that you're you're taking. You know, you've created your own professional group, and I know that there's people out there who you know they start their own groups in school, or maybe once they're out of school, they look into semi-professional groups, or maybe they really take that that next step and really want to pursue a professional career, um, performing, you know, around. So, could you talk a little bit about um, the challenges? that you've had in, in creating revoiced. Yeah,
0: it was, um, it's been it every day. There are new challenges. Uh, so revoiced to this day has been around. I started the group in 2012. Uh, I had left, I was performing in Branson, Missouri with the cat's pajamas. We were, we had done season three of the sing-off with uh, the Mm Pentatonics. one that year. And, um, It was a great experience, but I was just like I I had this realization where I I was like, I was getting paid regularly to do what I loved to do, but the job that I was doing, I just I lost so much passion for it for countless like reasons, Uh, you know, uh, relationships in in the group, uh, my employers just not seeing eye to eye, the music that I was doing. Being in Missouri, being so far away from my family here in New York, I don't know, I was missing something. So I started Revoiced, and ever since day one, it's just been challenge after challenge after challenge. And it's, um, I don't even know where to begin. It's like in the beginning, the hardest thing to do, I would say, was. Well, it was kind of like juggling, like there were so many different challenges that would pre- like present themselves at various times. So the biggest challenge in the beginning was forming the group just in and of itself. I was lucky because I had two of the guys that left The Cat's Pajamas w- with me. Um mm-hmm. we just ended up starting a group together. So I had three of us. Then we held auditions for the other two parts, our drummer and a vocal bass. But when we don't, when you don't have a whole lot of work on the docket, keeping people is, especially at this age, like at this part of your lives where you, you know, bills are a reality, man. Like you have to, you have to eat. You've got to, you've got to pay off your, your phone bill. You've got to, you know, everybody's life happens, dude. So without the work, um, that was probably the biggest, the biggest thing. One, like getting work was tough. So finding people that would believe in us, like agents, to represent us uh, in various different markets, whether it was cruise markets, whether it was corp- private corporate events, whether it's performing arts centers, um, uh, retirement communities, it didn't, it didn't matter. Even finding an agent in whatever market to take a chance on a very new green act that didn't have anything really to its name was like, it's, that's a tough sell. It's a really, it's a really tough sell. So while you're trying to do that, you're also trying to maintain your members, your group, you know, what you're trying to pitch and guys are getting antsy and everybody has their ideas as to how to go about things, but you can't have, you know, uh, you can't have like five different people pulling in several different directions, which was often the case. You know, when you start a group, you have these grand ideas of like, yeah. oh, everything's going to be equal. Everything's going to be great. But over time, people learn that more people carry the weight and then feelings happen and, you know, there's resentment and all this other stuff. So that poses an issue. Communication within the group is difficult. But then keeping yourself motivated because you got to remember you like you're self-employed to an extent so you you, you've got to like create your own schedule and you know you've got to hustle every single day and it's not like sometimes it's the internet is great but it's also like the world is at your fingertips and when the world is at your fingertips you're like where where do you start you know and that like just that thought of just how big the world is can be so daunting and paralyzing um Plus, there's other issues, man. There are other people that other relationships like former and, you know, I'll mention it briefly. I don't want to go heavily into it, but it's like when I left the cat's pajamas, there was, you know, it wasn't it wasn't on the best terms. Uh, We didn't see fully eye to eye. So former former employer at the time didn't want us to succeed. And so it was there were unnecessary hurdles thrown in our way. That just made things even harder. When we finally did get work, work was pulled away from us because somebody else was like thwarting things from from another part of the country. and it's like, oh my God. So there's tons and tons of um, tons and tons of challenges, hurdles, uh, contract issues, you know, learning how to negotiate, you know, figuring out, oh, wait, we're we're a business technically, so, Oh man, we have to do taxes. How do you do taxes? <laughs> like there's so many different things that I was like you kind of learn on the fly. You kind of learn as you go. You, you you know, you you learn very quickly the importance of networking and asking mm-hmm. people who like, "Hey, how do I wh- what's accounting? How do I do this?" like <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, you can use QuickBooks." And it's like, "Okay, how do I use like use just so many different things on top of like you just want to make music and you just want, you just want to sing, you know? Um, Yeah. Countless challenges. uh, And I'm sure there's more that I'm forgetting, but um, I I mean, the challenge, the the bigger challenges was like, even just starting up the, the, the group, but let's put all like the business aside, but like, you do need capital. Like if you're, we, we wanted to, we knew that we were shooting for cruises in the beginning as like a stepping stone. So we wanted mm-hmm. to buy our own uh, equipment. And so where are we going to get the startup capital? And then uh, figuring out how to operate it and transport it. But then we also had the added difficulty of having all of our members from all over, like they live all over the country. So how are we going to rehearse? then it's like, all right, well, let's book a place or, you know, you guys can come to my parents' house and we can rehearse in the kitchen while my mom cooks dinner Mm -hmm. and save some money that way. Um, So many challenges. So, I mean, like I said, I'm probably forgetting a lot of them, but it's just, it was nonstop. Even to this day, it's just every day, it's just something new, but you learn, you learn to roll with it. You're like, you have, instead of looking at it and getting deflated, you have to look at it as like a learning experience, be like, okay, how can i how can i like compose myself what can i learn from this and how do i just keep moving forward
1: yeah man. and you said you you started the group in 2012 so i mean you're going this is year 9 and <laughs> you know i mean i i give you all the credit in the world because you know who knows i mean there's there's people out there who don't have that drive and ambition like you do and you know you say maybe after year 1 year 2 it it, it becomes you know man, it's tough a concern, you know, and, and for me, you know, like when I was performing with the Fault Line, not for nothing, you know, the 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 exposure that we got from America's, America's Got Talent, you know, helped sure, and it gave yeah. us steady gigging, but we were also kind of in a situation where. Um, we were originally replacements for the sons of pitches out of Ithaca, not the, not the current sons of pitches out of um, England, but, um, yeah, we, four of us were replacement members there and sons of pitches were like the talk of the town in Ithaca. You know, they, they sold out the state theater in Ithaca for so many years and, um, you know with that change you know we were lucky enough to still have the management team that was part of Sons of Pitches um, you know we made a shift into a new like booking agent for colleges but like we already had that we didn't have to go out and find that but once the the luxury of having that the free publicity from that started like shifting away cuz a new season was coming or whatever Um, the gigs started to dry up too. And um, not for nothing, the group changed their sound. You know, we weren't your typical acapella group. We were the, uh, we were the vocal rock band, you know, trying to be the the band without the instruments, as I said on that show. So um, it was harder to find a market that would take a group who was attempting to be this hard rock band with no instruments, as opposed to, you know, something that was more your prototypical acapella group, you know? So, and for me, that that's where it became difficult for me personally. And I had always made the promise. I left after my junior year of college to, to pursue that, you know, part of my career. And I made that promise to my family, to my parents. I said, I will get my degree. And that was, I think that was the kind of turning point was, um, you know, looking for that security, you know. So um, I think it's important to remember that because... You know, you, you really go out on a limb and really push those things, and in everything that you had said, like you mentioned music, maybe like one or two times. It's like there's all those obstacles and hurdles that you don't think yeah. about. You know, like even even when it comes to you know, you said doing taxes, you know, contract negotiations, finding those agents. But then you know, what about you know your in terms of merchandise and helping promote your group, promoting your brand, websites, you know, getting a graphic designer, you know, making CDs, selling things online, the recording process, who's going to mix, who's going to master. There's all these things that like, especially for me when I, when I, mean, I was 23, 20, you know, 22, 23 years old when I was in the fault line, I wasn't thinking about that stuff. Sure, yeah. I was like, I want to, I want to, I want to perform let's go make some money. (laughs) You know, you know, like I was young and, you know, I look at, I look back on it now. I'm like, man, there's so many things I could have done differently. And, um, you know, so yeah, like running a business is not easy. And especially in the performance business with everything going on right now, it's, it's, it's even, it's even more difficult, but you know, you have, you know, listening to recordings. I mean, I, I kind of have a lot of your recordings, like not just, you know, revoice, but I have, you know, some of the, I got the mad world, the Christopher Rossi <laughs> mad world. Oh, um, and uh, what's that? What else was that? What goes, goes around, around, you know, around. The, the the JT, you know, and you know, you've really developed your own style and you've developed your own groove. And, you know, looking at the guys here, you know, I, I in reality, I mean, me being the acapella nerd that I am, like, I kind of knew of Connor before, you know, he became a member of the group. I, I remember seeing Nate, you know, before he ended up leaving. Yeah. Um, Mark, I met because I mean you were both in Ithacapella when I was living in Ithaca. Yeah. And um Roland, I never met. And then Justin, Justin looked familiar because I feel like he had um he was one of the um the kids from Centerville Forte. Yeah. You know, I think he was one of the Forte kids. And, you know, not for nothing, Ohio has like some of the hottest, like high school acapella groups, like between Kettering Fairmont and between, you know, they're super serious
0: They're and they're amazing. They're like, they're unreal. Yeah.
1: And, and I think it was either Justin, or I think he had like an older brother who like was just, it was just as good. And, you know, yeah. And, um, it's so cool that like seeing these guys all come together and, um, you know, and I, I mean, scrolling through like the Instagrams and the TikTok, I see you guys got your TikTok now and, you know, and on Instagram and you're doing a lot of, you know, promotional things from afar, you know, you're doing it the way that it needs to be done right now. So, um, in terms of that, you know, how have you overcome that challenge of, you know, working with your group and creating these new arrangements and really finding your groove, um, It's been been
0: tough. It's, uh, I mean, cause last year, so this time last year we were, we were on track. We had, I'd say maybe three quarters of the year booked with, uh, we do a lot of work on cruises. Uh, we work a lot with Royal Caribbean, um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, we go all over the place uh, with them. Um, we have a bunch of other things as well, but at the end of the year we had about three quarters of the year just booked, which was great. And we were on target for the most profitable year we've ever had. And it's, that's one of the reasons that we've just been, we've kept going every year. It's just been, we've been getting more work, more inquiries and the numbers just keep increasing. Like, which Mm -hmm. is like, it's just green lights and we're getting more and more following, which is, it's great. And it's fun. And it just like, it keeps keeps gas in all of our tanks it's like okay you know guys, people people are liking what we're doing let's and we're having a great time like i always check in with the guys and be like you know you guys still still doing all right you're still having fun uh then you know unfortunately this uh, covid happened and we literally we went from having the whole year almost the whole year booked to nothing <laughs> literally yeah. just nothing so um that was a huge challenge and we kind of like we were fortunate enough, though, because we were, uh, and this is a testament to not even me. This was the testament to the foresight of my guys. Uh, Mark, super good planner. We had a few performing arts center shows in March and uh, March of last year, and we we just so happened that we we had a bunch of money saved, and uh, Mark was like, "I think it would be a really great idea for us to hire a film crew." And film this performing arts center show just to have footage, just to be safe. And what do you know? One, the show was so much fun, but Mm -hmm. the show was packed, which was great. And then literally right after that, COVID hit, and we had nothing other than this stored Mm -hmm. footage that Mark was just so smart to like, yeah, let's just do it. And it was like, all right, yeah, let's let's give it a shot. And we were just gonna release. These videos over time, and we did. We released a video or two a month last year over, throughout the summer, just of our live performing arts series. Um, but so while we were dealing with COVID and putting these uh, videos together, uh, our member Nate dropped the ball on us that, you know, he was like, Hey guys, remember when I told you that I was getting my master's degree in accounting? Well, I need to do an internship and i got a full-time job and so that was a new challenge we were like oh crap because Mm -hmm. we were still in the beginning of the covid like situation so we weren't 100 percent sure that you know the rest of the year was going to be a flop we were panicked over like well what if some of the contracts or gigs are still on we don't have a group Mm -hmm. to field because he was just kind of up and doing his thing so we we quickly like behind the scenes uh, auditioned a bunch of people we were fortunate enough we had i think we had over like 100 applicants which was oh, wow. Like, we were blown away by the pool we had some amazing talent um, that we heard and but we heard connor and just from his first audition he blew us all away and not only his voice but his personality and everything that he could bring to the table so once we got Connor on board, then it was it was kind of a waiting game. Like we were waiting to see what the world was going to do, like if we were going to be jumping back into some of the contracts that were still tentatively on the schedule. But they all ended up falling through. And then uh, Connor was was, you know, super eager. And he was like, hey, you know, in this downtime, why don't why don't we try working on stuff? And that posed a new that was exciting because I was like, yeah, we want to do stuff. But the problem is one, we live all over the country. Connor's in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I'm here in, on Long Island. Mark is up in Rochester, New York. Roland is in Orlando. And Justin now lives in Boston. And the other problem was like, so we're not together, but Mark and Roland don't know how to record anything. Like they don't know the, they don't know like the equipment, they don't know how to use the software. So then we had to figure out between myself, Justin, and Connor, we taught Roland and Mark how to properly record and edit. And we've literally been doing everything remotely. Um, Connor also knows video editing. um, So Mm -hmm. he's been doing a lot of the video editing. He and I have been cranking out little arrangements left and right. Justin and I have been editing all the audio and Justin and I have learned how to mix a little bit, which is great because now we're on track to, well, if we can do these and we're getting better with each mix, you know, they're not, they're not Ed Boyer or uh, Bill Hare or anybody like that. uh, But they're not, they're palatable and, you know, (laughs) for maybe we can work our way up to a full length CD. So it was just It was a process over time. It literally took months to get guys like, okay, well, what's your budget? What equipment can you afford? Uh, Yeah, that's too cheap. Like we want something that's a little bit nicer. Everybody bought ring lights, having to set things up. There was so much trial and error. I can't tell you how many like video messages I had to do where it was like, hey, my computer is doing this. What is happening? It's like, oh, okay. Okay. So, yeah, it was just like a slow lo- learning process, but it was everybody chipping in and helping. And even like right now, it's kind of like a well-oiled uh, like assembly line, basically. Like it starts with Connor and myself. We do the arrangements. Um, we learn every, every week. We have like three or four TikToks to be learning, tracking, editing, recording, filming. Um, and it's all happening simultaneously while we're planning for um, – a potential full-length CD with Connor and just trying to keep ourselves busy. And it, it gets us singing, gets our instruments back in work. Plus, we're trying to just, you know, build up fan base so that when the world hopefully does open back up, it makes the job easier for our agents to book us shows because then ticket sellers will say, or the theaters will be like, oh, these guys have a following, a bigger, big enough following. I'm pretty sure I, I can book them and, you know, fill the house. So... Yeah. Everything, you know, one thing leads to another, but it's, yeah, COVID has, it was quite a challenge, but it really forced us to pivot and teach ourselves a lot of new, new skills. And honestly, it's been super fun. <laughs> it's been yeah. fun, I mean, so.
1: Yeah. I love that you said, you know, you're teaching yourself new skills because, you know, that's needed. And the, you know, you even said with Mark and Roland, you know, they now have new skills and you have, and you may have already had some of those skills, but now they're enhanced because, you know, you, you have the ability to do that. And I think what's, what's clutch for you guys. And, and what you basically just said is you, um, and this goes out for all the educators out there. It's like the the pre-planning, you know, you're like, We have three to four TikTok videos that we're looking to put together every week. So you already have a plan in motion, what to do. Mm -hmm. It gives you that drive. It gives you that determination, gives you that checklist, you know, to check things off and you're making it work remotely, you know, and, you know, with all of us, you know, trying to figure things out remotely, um, yeah, you, you're, you're developing it. And, you know, I see, I, I see the videos on TikTok and I see um the Instagram videos too. And I noticed Justin, you know, not only does a lot with you guys, but I see that he does a lot of the mixing for um basically this group that formed from TikTok and that's Ear Candy. Like a lot of these, a lot of these six soloists that just have come together. And actually, I think one of the members is actually a Nina from a Citizen Queen, mm-hmm. you know, who's a part of that. And um so there's a lot of like, a lot of cool things that are happening, and I wasn't on the TikTok train, you know, a while back. But you know, there's so much to gain from that. Like a lot of people are utilizing that to their advantage. Social media has really taken a strong, especially for um, performers. It's really taken this, um, this opportunity to to make yourselves known. You know, it used to be YouTube. You know, people like Tori Kelly or even Justin Bieber, you know, discovered on YouTube. Now these TikTok artists, they literally just made a musical about Ratatouille based on, you know, what people had put out there on TikTok. And actually the kid who um, composed everything, put it all together is a SUNY Potsdam grad. You know, he's a Potsdam graduate. He put it all together, but it's like, you have this opportunity at your feet to use a platform that was at first like shunned against. And now like, performers and artists are really using it to their advantage to make themselves known and and really put themselves out there so i'm i'm really hoping that you know when the world does open back up that following that you are gaining right now is going to open up like you probably have a full year of of gigs as opposed to you know 75 of the year you know so i'm rooting for you i'm rooting for you man and you better you better get around to to where i am because uh (laughs) you know, it's been, it's been too long. Yeah, we, so. yeah, we,
0: we do like normally, I mean, during a normal year, it's, it varies to, I mean, we do a lot of work on cruises, um, because they're, they're a great, um, they're a great stepping stone of, of a gig. And it's a very cush gig, um, in the sense of what we do on ships, like we're guest entertainers. So we kind of bounce from ship to ship and perform, uh, like a, a week and then go to another ship. Um, But on top of that, we normally do uh, a lot of performing arts centers, um, private corporate functions. But one of the things that we do a lot, we haven't made it over to the East Coast yet for a tour like this. But we do like so when Revoiced first started uh, back in uh, 2012, one of the ways that we we didn't have any work coming in for ourselves. So we had to create a lot of work with ourselves. So. At the time, all of us had, were, we were all products of uh, really great uh, choir programs. So we, and <laughs> with the help of one of my former employers, who is now our, like, our go-to sound engineer anywhere we go, he helped us book this tour that we've called our Music in Schools Tour, and we do it every once in a while now. We And it's also like a, it's a fundraiser for music education programs, and to date, we've Raised over seventy thousand dollars for Music Ed, like all across the. That's amazing, the man! Country. Yeah, um, but yeah, we would have to do this, and so that was another thing that I had to learn is like, okay, uh, you, you know, cold calling these schools and reaching out and selling this this idea of of a show that wasn't going to cost teachers or school districts any money at all, like bringing them this mm-hmm. free show, but then like structuring it in a way that everybody can benefit from it. But then coordinating all the promotional materials, like you were saying earlier, goes back to like merchandising. Well, now how do we travel with all this stuff? We had to like rent a trailer. Mm -hmm. We had to rent a sound system and all this other stuff. Uh, So we did that in the beginning. And I'm really, we do it occasionally uh, in Wisconsin still and a lot in the West. So like uh, Oregon and Washington State. But I'm really hoping at some point to bring us out to the East coast because so many friends are music education, you know, teachers, choir directors. And it would just be, it would just be so much fun, but we just haven't had, honestly, we just haven't had the time. And I haven't had a long enough period of time where we've been able to come here and I still need to figure some other things out, but you'll be the first to know when we come out here, man. Cause I, yeah, I, I would love to.
1: That's if, right. If, I will be
0: drag you up on stage <laughs> with me.
1: Oh lord. All right, yeah, okay. Uh as long as you give me enough notice and what I need to learn beforehand, unless you like you you do the whole Rockefeller pretty woman thing, which would be oh, kind of weird, we'll but plan uh, it out.
0: We'll plan it out. I I won't right. set you up for failure. will set you up That's for success.
1: That's fair. That's mm-hmm. fair. Um one last thing before we go cuz I you you've brought up a lot of great. We've had a lot of stories, you know, we've talked about, you know, literally the past, you know, eight years. It, it, this, this show has literally been uh, Chris and I catching up and I'm hoping you're you're enjoying everything. And you know what? I'm 27 episodes in, I don't mind yeah. that. Um, but uh, one thing that um, I think is important that you mentioned to me about the group that you have is playing to your strengths,
0: cute.
1: you know? And, um, you know, each one of you within the group has their own strength. And, you know, the same goes for any, any group project, you know, like I, I think back to like literal group projects in school, like there's that one kid who's really good at doing this. And there is that one kid who's really good at signing their name at the end and said, I did it, you know? So, um, but when it comes to playing to your strengths, um, especially for younger performers, can you kind of like go into that a little bit, um, in terms of, you know, what the reasonable expectations are for yourself and your group when you, um, you know, you perform?
0: Yeah, that, that's a great question. I mean, it's, um, that is a huge thing and it's not even just a, a, like you, you, you just said it, it's not even a music, it's not a group thing. It's a life, it's a life thing. I mean, it, it happens everywhere from whether it's a band to a school project, to a sports team, to a corporation, to a fortune 500 corporation, you're not going to have somebody that only knows tax accounting be negotiating contracts you know like mm-hmm. playing to your strengths is one of the and it's been one of the longest and hardest lessons that I've had to learn and accept myself and it's only become a very recent revelation um whenever when I was younger I always wanted to be man I wanted to be somebody else I and to an extent I still want to be like there's a part of me that wants to be I love Justin Timberlake I would love to do what that guy can do I wish I could perform like Bruno Mars or Michael Jackson or I wish I could riff like Ariana Grande but my skill set is not of that that uh, puts me in that category to be able to do it and it's not to say that I shouldn't try But it's like learning to identify what your strengths are as a person and using them, leaning into them as hard as you can and making sure that you are the best at those things that you can possibly be is going to like, that's just going to set you up so much for for success uh, down the long, like down the long haul. Like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of examples. Like when I was a kid, like younger, I was a big sports like athlete. And I remember in high school, when I would join, uh, I was like on the, the track team and I always wanted to be, I saw how people looked up to this one guy. Uh, he's a friend of mine, my, uh, my friend, Tom, Tom Scrivanek. He was like all state, all County, just fastest man in the land. I was like, and people just, he was a stud and everybody looked at him with these eyes. I'm like, I want to be like that guy. But then when I got to college, I wanted to, I wanted Ithacapella to be like the midnight ramblers. But we were mm-hmm. never gonna be the Midnight Ramblers, ever. When I was in the Cats Pajamas, I or the Cat's Meow, I wanted us to be Rocapella. That's so unrealistic of us because it's or me for thinking that because it's like they're they're Rockapella. They're they're utilizing their strengths. I don't know, man. It just it, it was it I don't think it hit me until forming Revoiced and finding ways to work smarter and not harder is when it, like, really, really clicked because I was like, okay, I have so many things to do. It's just not, it's not logical for me to, like, okay, if we're on a ship and we have to do sound load-in, but yet we also magically have to have, like, the lights designed, I can't be Mm -hmm. in two places at once. So, you know, leaning into using the other people um, in the group, seeing who would be interested in doing it, and Roland loves it, and he's been, he's spent... I th- he spent like days in the theater just designing lights, and it's like a passion of his. But then, just speaking like musically, it's like, okay, I've always wanted my group to be kind of like rock Pella and the way that George Baldy would sing, you know, uh, solo in rock Pella or hold down a bass line, I-, I want that for this song. But that's not realistic because Roland is not George Baldy. Roland doesn't mm-hmm. have the same capabilities, doesn't have the same vocal range that George has but Roland has what Roland has and what Roland has is so damn good in and of itself. And it's like, it's like, okay, so let me play to his strengths and what he can do. And over time, the more you do that, the more you shift your thoughts into that sort of line of thinking, I think you'll just set yourself up for a lot more success down the road, but you should always be mindful of what else is going out, going on out there, because it's, I, I would love to be able to riff like Ariana Grande, it's not mm-hmm. my strong suit, but I can do like you know scales and agility runs and try to improve, and so right. that I can and work on things that I can employ when I'm ready to to get there. But to right off the bat, like you know, jumping in the deep end and trying to do a crazy riff that like, it's do do what you know first and then build from there. That's that's my thing. Yeah. So. Um, In terms of like students, sorry, go back to your question. I'm like rambling again. No,
1: just like in general, you know, especially for younger students who uh, like would love to riff like Ariana Grande or, you know, would love to have the vocal capabilities of what, you know, even Justin Bieber can do, or, you know, even for some of my students who are big into the rap scene or the hip hop scene, being able to have the, the ability to lyrically create some of the things that a lot of the hip hop and rap artists these days now create, sure. you know, like it's like setting yourself up for proper expectations. Yeah. You know, how, I,
0: I think that proper is. expectations, definitely like not being so, yeah, one thing not expecting to, you know, to reach the moon in, in a day, you, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, having the patience, patience is a huge thing, but also being able having the due diligence to, work and study. Like one of the reasons that um you look at, I mean, let's just say I don't know her background. Um, so maybe it's not a great example, but Ariana Grande is like her voice is un- unreal, but again, I don't know her background. So maybe like Justin Bieber though, he is uh he's just a natural, like natural musician. Um, but Charlie Puth is another one. He is just such mm-hmm. a good musician. He knows music unbelievably well i mean the dude's got perfect pitch um and he just knows his craft uh so so well i, I heard a story um uh years ago i bought this cd uh, a posthumous michael jackson cd uh escape mm-hmm. um la reed put together this this cd where he hired a bunch of producers to take michael's original demos of these unreleased songs and and put it out, and it's a cool c d it's not it's probably not what Michael would want, but it's cool for right. so many other reasons and one of the other producers uh uh is um dark child, and he had worked with Michael in person when he was alive, and uh he remembered his first like big break, like you know like be at the studio at like nine a m because michael's gonna be there he he's like, all right, well, I'm gonna get there early uh to just like get a step on it. He got there like. 8 eight thirty, 30 and michael was already there michael Jackson was already mm-hmm. there and but he was sitting in a room watching videos of james brown dancing and doing you know his crazy james brown like shuffle and feet and and the guy was like what mike like mj like what are you doing he's like i'm studying and this, mm-hmm. i remember like you could see like dark Child was like Here's Michael Jackson, the King of Pop, the greatest showman and entertainer of like, like all time, is saying I'm mm-hmm. studying, and he's like, but you're so good, like why? He's like because you never you never stop learning. He's like you you can always learn from the greats, and he just like here's somebody who's already great, but didn't consider himself to be great. Like he didn't think that he had the skill set that James Brown had, mm-hmm. and so he was studying what James Brown was doing, and it's like. So for all the young kids, if you want to be, if you're big into rap, I would say like one of the ways that I learned a lot was by listening, but emulating, trying to emulate. Like I get a lot of people say that my tone sometimes sounds like Justin Timberlake. Well, that makes sense because I listened to him a lot and I form my, my voice in that way. Uh, I can also blend really well with like when I was singing with Scott Leonard, I, I mean, I just, mm-hmm. but being in choir, like I was able to develop all these skills, but I, I mimicked a lot of people because I was like, okay. oh man, this guy's got a really great voice. She's got a really great voice. And it's like, you know, it's, it sounds like a really weird thing, but mimic, mimic. If you try to mimic something, that means you're studying, you're trying to figure out, well, well, okay, if I'm trying to like match the tone that Eminem has, he's a little higher pitched here. So I have to rate, like, you're lear- and you'll be learning his inflections, his phrasing, and all this other stuff. And then eventually, you might be able to take that into, you might get inspiration for your own thing. Like, you might just hear a drum loop and be like, oh, oh, damn, I'm feeling it now. Like, never know where <laughs> it's going to lead. So it might be a weird thing to say, but I I learned how to do my craft by, by studying and literally, like, trying to mimic other singers, Backstreet Boys, uh... I mean the Jackson 5 singing like trying to harmonize with the Beach Boys or James Taylor okay. and seeing if I could fit in and I would try I remember when I first learned how to record uh, like um, audio like audio DAWs and stuff I would import a song and try I would do it a lot with rockapella tracks but I did it with James Taylor too I would I would try to recreate some of his harmonies and see if I could like trick my own ear into thinking that I was on the track. Uh, right. I don't know. It's like a as I'm saying it, I'm like, that is the stupidest advice ever.
1: But it's it's really, you know, it's really not because like again, it comes down to that overarching idea of studying and continually yeah. learning. Like you never stop learning. Yeah, you, never stop learning. you know,
0: I uh, I mean riffing is like it's just like knowing your scales and if you can sing in key and just, you know, making your voice more agile and being able to cleanly move from note to note within the key. Uh, I mean, but knowing the path, I mean, some, some artists like you might think that they're just busting it out on the spot. And there are some artists that might be able to do that. Like Brian McKnight is insane. Tori Kelly is Mm -hmm. insane. I think she's so underrated and so underappreciated. Uh, But I think she's one of the best female vocalists out there. I think she's outrageous, Mm -hmm. but we don't know she might spend hours like practicing and designing these riffs like with a keyboard. We don't know. It might not be the case, but some people do that and then they store them, they memorize them, they drill them into their, you know, their larynx and and their vocal cords. And then they, they pull it out when they're good and ready. And it's just like a little trick. I think developing, yeah, Yeah. develop your own, but do what works for you. I mean, that's what, that's what it comes down to. Gotcha.
1: And I mean, to go back on Ariana Grande for a second, because you you mentioned her, um, you know, a lot of people don't realize is that, you know, she, she has a, a pretty solid Broadway background, too. You know, she has, you know, that Broadway sound. She was in the Jason Robert Brown musical 13. You know, she was one of the characters in that show. Actually, a few artists like uh, Max Schneider was also in that mm-hmm. show. Um, but like with Ariana Grande, I mean, you listen to what she performs on on her pop albums, and you know some people will will judge her based on her diction or or whatever. But like you can't deny like the the vocal capabilities that she has. But then, you know, I just saw um, a commercial last week for a new Jason Robert Brown album, which has her singing one of the most powerful numbers from his musical. The last five mm. years and she just slays yeah. it and but it's it's that full out broadway sound that she is she has and she's capable of but she has the ability to use a different technique, you know, stylistically to sing her pop music, but also to sing Broadway. And, you know, we have been trained, um, and this is kind of the last thing before we get ready to go, but we have all been trained, you know, we were trained classically. This is the way to sing, you know, but, um, you know, I've had conversations with previous guests that there's different styles out there that need different stylistic approaches and different technique approaches. So, um, you know, like, and someone like Tori Kelly, you know, who really, um, would like kind of grew up in the church, you know, and, and really sang from the church. And I love that you brought her up because one of the coolest things, like she was discovered on YouTube. Like, so you know that there's the talent there and it wasn't like, here, we're going to put you in a studio. We're going to auto tune the heck out of what you do. No, we're going to let you do you. And I mean, just had an appearance on The Masked Singer this year, you know, just released a new album. You know, she had a leading role in the, the animated movie Sing. You know, She's she's got it. And, um, but yeah, like there's a way to approach it. And you know, you talk about mimicking. You're really just developing a, a different technique on how to approach these things. So, and I think that students need to understand that you know, you work with what's best for you. Educators, you work with what's best for your kids, yeah. and you play to their strengths and play to your own strengths.
0: But it's also yeah, and it's also like, along with mimicking. It is. I also don't want to shy over. Don't be afraid to try certain things. Like even when you know what your skill set is. Uh, you know, try to push your boundaries because you're going to learn, you might learn you, you're capable of doing something you had no idea was even possible. And it's like, mm-hmm. you're never, you're, you'll never know if you never try, but take stock, like weigh things realistically, be rational about y- y- your, your, your things. It was, I remember, I remember something I was on the, uh, when we were, when I was in the cat's pajamas and we were on the sing-off, we were getting ready to film. We were rehearsing on the studio and we were doing sound check and I was singing a, I was singing uh, our the song that we had prepared for that week and I was doing something and uh Deke Sharon is the he's like the overseeing like music director of, of that show and basically everything a cappella out there they mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> said something like I did something because my two employers, my bosses, were like, Yeah, do this. I was like, Okay, like they're signing my paycheck, so I'm just gonna all right, if that's what they want. But then mm-hmm. I did it on the microphone and Deke like pulled me aside afterwards. He was like, and he said it in in the Deke way. And it was very, it was very nice. He was very thoughtful. He was, but he was basically like, Chris, look, other people are gonna be riffing their faces off. So maybe, maybe don't do that. And I was like, Okay, <laughs> okay. I I think I got it. And it's like you know, it, it at first it kind of like, it, you know, gives you a shot, but it's like, no, that's point proven. It's like, and, and he's totally correct. Like there's no, you gotta be smart about what you're capable of. And I'm, that's not my personal strong suit, but I'm not, I'm not, not trying to improve it. You know, I was trying to, mm-hmm. I was doing vocal runs earlier today to try to get better. I'm trying to analyze like certain riffs and runs that Michael Jackson would do or Bruno Mars or Justin Timberlake. And I'm, plunking them out on the piano and being like, I think this is it. Oh yeah, that's it. That's cool. And I'm doing it quicker and quicker. And I'm tr- I'm trying to improve it because it's an area that I don't know. I, I want to get better at, but you know, I know my capabilities and it's she's not there yet. She's not ready yet. Hey, it's that determination and drive, that's man. Like me. that you've
1: had ever ever since I met you, you've had that determination and drive. Mm-hmm. So um, I wish you the best. I hope, I hope you know, we get out of this funk soon with COVID and you, you get back out there and you perform and do what you love. Likewise, man. I uh, hope
0: you get back to normalcy with, with the students. And I can't imagine just what it's doing to kids' mentalities, your mentality, and just like the in-classroom, like social experience that, that students need at, at that age, mm-hmm. man, especially for choirs. Like you guys, that's what you need, man. You need it. So Thank I, you. I hope, I hope, uh, for you guys as well. Thank you.
1: Uh ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed uh this hour of Chris and I catching up um cuz I did and um yeah, you guys can check out Chris at musicrevoiced.com. Um you can follow him. I believe it's uh at is it at musicrevoiced on TikTok? Uh,
0: on Instagram it's at musicrevoiced. On TikTok it's just at revoiced.
1: Great. And you check them out on social media. They're a phenomenal group. I mean, and they're doing what they do best from afar and uh, buy those albums, check them out, download their music. Uh, Chris Rossi, man, thank you so much for joining me on the Aka uh, Education podcast. Thanks this week. for
0: having me, buddy. It was great.
1: Absolutely. Dude, we will be right back. <laughs>
0: first time i met chris i knew
1: he was going to do some amazing things in his life and it was an honor to catch up with him this week make sure you check out chris rossi and revoiced musicrevoiced.com and thank you again to chris my good buddy my good pal for joining me this week on the Aka education podcast be sure to check out the links in the episode description for resources from this week's episode Follow the podcast on social media at AkaEdPodcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And follow me, Justin Glodish, at OfficialJGlow on TikTok and Twitter. If you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We're found on Anchor, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. New episodes are released every Wednesday. You can also now tune into the podcast on AkaVille Radio, AkaVille.org. If interested in supporting this podcast with a monthly donation, go over to anchor.fm slash akaedpodcast to do so. And if you ever have any questions about the podcast, suggestions on future guests, please email me at akaedpodcast at gmail.com or leave a voice message on the Anchor website. From the Aka Education Podcast, I'm Justin Glodish. We'll talk soon.